Hello and welcome back to the Diaries of a Lady Gardener podcast, hosted by me, the Lady Gardener. Can you believe we're on season five of the podcast? It came to life after I so desperately wanted an excuse to hop on a call with my favourite Instagram gardeners to ask them all of my pressing questions. And it's turned into an incredible community of plant lovers with inspirational guests each and every week, sharing invaluable information and making me want to buy at least 10 new plants, seed packets, bare roots, tubers and the rest of it every single episode. I hope you're ready for another fabulous season, chatting to everyone from flower farmers and allotmenteers to some of the greatest garden gurus, listening to us chat about the things we've done in the name of plants, from our biggest achievements to our fabulous garden fails. This season is sponsored by Akai Outdoor Wear, which if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that barely a day goes by that I'm not dressed head to toe in their clothing, whether I'm out at the allotment, on the farm or even out for lunch. I love the way that they perfectly balance style and performance with features such as shower resistance, bramble proofing and thermal lining, features which are invaluable when you're someone who's working outside whatever the weather. If you're keen to get some Akai garments for yourself, they've kindly offered podcast listeners an exclusive discount. So head to the website and use code DOALG20 for 20% off your orders over £50. This offer ends on the 31st of May 2023. So today's guest is someone very special who I've wanted to have on the podcast forever because she is one of the hosts of my personal favourite flowery podcast, Let's Grow Girls. I've learned so much about flower farming and become obsessed with so many blooms through Nicole and Sarah's chats with incredible people across the world. And so I'm over the moon to introduce Nicole, who can be found on Instagram at Nicole at Cherry Garden to talk all things flowery. Pens and paper at the ready, because I can assure you, you're going to leave this episode with a lovely little shopping list. Enjoy! Hello, Nicole. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Shannon. Thank you for having me. It's very oh. weird being on this end of a podcast. <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? I It makes me extra nervous, not because of you, but to have other podcast hosts on the podcast, because I'm like, <laughs> what if there's something that they do that's really, really good that I don't think about? <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm interested to see how it happens from the, the other end, so... Pressure's on, we're going to do quick fire questions, it's going to be an absolute <laughs> grilling. <laughs> Hit me, no, that's fine. Um, so before we get on to your amazing podcast, because I've got so many questions, um, I'd love to hear a bit more about kind of your backstory, how you got into gardening initially and where your love of plants came from. Um, so I am not one of these like natural born green fingered, you know, you hear all these stories about people who gardened with their parents or their grandparents. That was not me, although my um, granny did like to to garden. Um, I just never got involved in anything like that. And I suppose through my formative years, I lived I lived abroad and we didn't even have a garden. Um, but I suppose I came to it like probably most people come to hobbies these days like via Instagram um I was just scrolling through one day and I saw this beautiful flower um, and I was like what is that and where did it come from and it was a cafe au lait dahlia so I just, yeah exactly you know it's hooked everybody in hasn't it um and I rang the local florist and I was like um, I need to order a bunch of cafe au lait dahlias and she was she's, she like almost laughed at me um and I was like what's so funny and she said you can't really buy them because they don't travel well you have to grow them and I was like grow them 
what do you mean (laughs) I was like I I put something in the ground and it grows and I just I thought how does this happen and I thought oh let's investigate um in a previous life I used to be like um um a concierge and lifestyle manager so I'd get like we we had um it was for Coots Bank actually and so I, I had like really like wealthy customers and they'd ring me and they'd ask like crazy things so I got like a bug for doing research to find these crazy things so when they said she said to me you've got to grow them I, I research mode kicked in and there I went and I thought oh, all I've got to do is put this potato in the ground and in a few months I'll have these beautiful flowers and um so I I just went for it I ordered um a cafe la tuber and I thought oh whilst I'm at it I might as well order a couple more and I ordered a couple of jowy winnies um and I put them in the shed ready to plant you know when it was a little bit warmer forgot about them um and don't think I planted them until like end of June um um, got the cafe layout everything looked fine I thought oh these are like clumps they're not like the single things that I've seen on the internet because obviously in America they tend to have like single tubers don't they rather than the clumps that we have here mm-hmm. I thought I'll uh I'll make this into a extra tubers and I just got a bread knife and I hacked the <laughs> I'm sure um, if anyone had seen me they would have been losing their minds but stuffed them in in some pots I didn't even put them in the ground I didn't even know that dahlias did better in the ground and hey presto in September along came these amazing flowers and um and then I was just hooked so the next year all of a sudden I had 25 dahlias and an allotment so (laughs) now I really see how deep-rooted your love of dahlias is if that was the first thing you ever grew yeah just everything about your Instagram makes perfect sense (laughs) they just hooked me in I mean I'd always love flowers like what girl doesn't like getting a you know a bunch of flowers or you know seeing a pretty garden but I was never like oh I, I want to like my husband actually laughs sometimes now because he's like look at you scrubbing your dirty nails in the sink he said who would have thought you would have been with dirty nails but I just seem to have taken to it I found it I've got a, quite a stressful day job and I just find and I know a lot of people talk about this but it's the mindfulness of gardening for me so it's not just the end product if you like but it's that the process of it as well that I love mm-hmm, absolutely that was actually my one of my questions is that because I'm, I'm the exact same I'm guessing you work in a desk job where yep, you're inside yep. all day yep. and it's like how does the garden make you feel because for me it's just it's almost like decompression of yeah, like so everything that's happened like you walk out and you're like oh I'm, I'm outside and I never thought I'd be that person I was the you know the 16 year old who could sleep until three o'clock in the afternoon you know my mum would be like get out of bed and I'd be like what to go into the outside world um and it just wasn't it just wasn't me and then once I started doing it I just realized all the the benefits of it like you say you walk outside and you know like in a few steps you can almost feel like whatever it was that annoyed you just being shaken off almost even if it's just walking from my back door to the greenhouse at the other end of the garden, I'm like, deep breath, it's left it behind or whatever it was that what had annoyed me. So, yeah, I think even like the weeding, like I don't love weeding, mm. who does right? But sometimes like in the summer when the weather's a bit better because I, I I am a bit of a fair weather gardener I do have to admit I'm, I don't do it in the rain um 
I find like if I have I if because I work from home probably three or four days a week if I go on my lunch break to the allotment and do like a power not quite a power hour but a power 45 minutes of of weeding I'm like energized and psyched to go for the afternoon I don't know what I can't really explain I don't think you can explain it until you've ex- you felt it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm totally with you. And do you know what? I just think, although it's a bit of a tedious task, it's so satisfying. When you look at yeah. a freshly weeded bed, you're like, oh, much better. It's like sweeping a floor. Yeah. <laughs> Tidying up. That's our type A personality, isn't it? We like yes. the organisation and the clean and calm of it. <laughs> Definitely. Do you know what? I just had a brilliant idea. We should do like a... Marie Kondo but the gardening version <laughs> like the, the joy of keeping your garden tidy oh can you imagine all those nice sorted pots into like oh. size order or oh, that that uh yeah that excites me actually in a in a way yeah. that it probably shouldn't so <laughs> <laughs> the thought of a perfectly organized greenhouse of everything hung in its place oh, just yes. makes me feel relaxed and happy I just have pictures of that all over my walls and I'd be I'd be okay <laughs> got two sheds at the allotment and one of them um had a bit of a dodgy roof which Tom has fixed so everything that's in it is just sort of shoved in it and it's mostly cardboard um and like I wince at the thought of opening it because I'm just it's a mess and I know it's a mess and I know it needs tidy and I keep saying to Tom will you just come and sort the cardboard <laughs> out for me because I just can't bring myself to look at it but once it's all nice and stacked up I'll be happy Mm. do you know what I'm really lucky my mum at the moment is on it with keeping the sheds tidy she's going to do the allotment shed soon she comes to the farm and because she can't do a lot of the very physical activity because I shout at her if she does because it's not very good for her at this current time (laughs) mum if you're listening (laughs) Um, but she goes in potters and she cleans the greenhouse and it's honestly it's I could cry with how happy I am to see <laughs> to see it having all been done you'd and like to like, send her my way at any point I'm sure anyone listening could have they could have a cue for her oh yeah mum if you need a new job then you you'd be all over that but so many people keep messaging me being like I do not understand how you keep your shed so tidy how I mean, is it is this immaculate possible? I'm like she makes tea in there like how could um <laughs> that wouldn't happen in my shed I'll tell you that's nothing but I'm still if I had bit... one of your beautiful power sheds I would definitely mine would definitely be kept much cleaner than that so do you know what that is the it was the pinnacle moment of I was like people would be like oh do you want this for your allotment and before I'd take everything and for the allotment the shed is full of crap basically <laughs> the shed's not as tidy there but now that I've got a lovely shed my mum will be like, oh, I'll bring these to the farm. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not having that kind of trash. I was like, you can take it to the flower farm. It can go to mini gardeners. It is not coming anywhere near the farm. It's not for me. <laughs> but everyone keeps saying, like, I don't know how you keep your shed tidy. And to be perfectly honest, if it wasn't for my mum, I probably wouldn't. Like, I'm a, I'm a really clean and tidy person overall. But there's something about a shed that you just want to chuck stuff in it, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Do you know what it is? It's because you don't live in it so you don't have to experience Mm. the mess on a day-to-day basis and by the time I get to the end of like a proper allotment session I'm like nah I've not got any energy for anything else it's a problem for another day yeah there's always something more pressing I think absolutely weeding yeah always (laughs) um so how long have you had your allotment for then uh so I think this is my fourth or fifth year of having it but this new plot that I'm on this is my second season of having it or third 
third season I mean it all sort of starts to blur together doesn't it but I was on like um, a small um, what they call a half plot and mm-hmm. then I took on uh, me and my husband actually took on two slightly bigger plots that are side by side um, so I mean technically one's his and one's mine so we do have a mixture of things growing on it's not just the flowers there is some mm-hmm. um, some veg on there too for good um, measure for good measure and I, there's something quite satisfying about eating something you grew as well isn't there um, so we've got a, a mixture of, of both but um like I'm creative, he's labourer. Although yes. inevitably, there's a bit of labouring going on over this end as well. But you know, <laughs> and allotment tears jobs never done, are they? No, absolutely not. Especially, do you know what? I know you said you're a fair weather gardener. This winter is killing me with the physical labour. You you can't get away from it, can you? The, the thing I draw the line at is um, rain. I, I can't bear to be outside getting sodden in like no amount of waterproofs or whatever. It's just miserable, isn't it? Your hair gets wet, it your is. your skin gets wet. They laugh at me the allotment. They 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 always say, Oh, it's gonna rain, Nicole. Don't forget you're made out of sugar. You know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm out of there as soon as the rain comes. But um on Saturday I finished um doing my um ranunculus getting the last ones in the gra- in the ground in the polytunnel which was mm-hmm. quite nice because I was in the tunnel and it was raining outside so nice. that was a good a good job for that and how are your ranunculus looking oh so much better this year I don't know <laughs> if you saw news. but last year I fried the lot mm-hmm. um, it was my first year growing in a polytunnel and actually it's a whole it really is a whole new world in a tunnel mm-hmm. um the, the soil does different things the, the like it's hot in there in February you know and yeah. um, I planted them all out shut the doors and let them get on with it um came back and I was like oh they're not growing as much as I thought they would came back a few days later and I was like oh and then try to water them and revive them but uh, you know you learn quick don't you when you've got when you've got things growing and you soon learn that ranunculus as much as they don't want to be drowned they also don't want to be dry so this year I've got the doors open I only closed the doors when we went down to the kind of minus fives because I was mm-hmm. afraid that they would burn them um, but otherwise I've had the doors open I've had the um I've watered them probably not that much because the doors have been open obviously so they've had a bit more air in there mm-hmm. um but I'm determined this year. So they're looking good. I'm so excited for what what's going to happen when they start blooming. Do you know what? They're, they're the most memorable episodes that I've listened to from your podcast. Because <laughs> every time I see one, I'm like, I'm going to listen to this podcast. Again. It's going to change. I'm going to finally be able to grow ranunculus from it. So I've, I've made notes on every single episode that mentions them. Oh. I've got all the tips. And, and have um, you started them yet? Yeah. So I chitted them. Okay. For the first time this year. And then they went out into a tunnel. So it's my first year growing in a tunnel. But I do have side vents. So I'm okay, hoping perfect. that the side vents being open all year will kind of help them to not fry. And the doors yeah. have like vented panels yeah. as well at the yeah. top. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed because right now I can't open my polytunnel and leave it open because I'm not there sort of five, six days a week. Yeah. And the deer are. <laughs> And the deer are, <laughs> oh gosh, these these animals that live in the allotment, they, yeah. I luckily don't have deers, but I had something 
poo in the tunnel the other day and I've got um I put um a netting in front of the door with bricks mm. to weigh it down and something slunk its way in there I think it might have been a cat though so nothing oh, no. too dramatic but still um yeah they are pesky they are but I think if you've got your doors open and you're going down there once a week just to check they're not drying out too much mm. I think you'll be you'll be fine you'll be fine yeah. are you growing the Italian ones yes yes that I I have grown the French ones and I've grown the Italian ones and I have to tell you that the Italian ones are far superior mm. far far superior I think it was are on you your recommendation that I select them yes <laughs> <laughs> and you grow lots of lovely colours so I've been really restrained because I've had three years of failed ranunculus where okay, I only okay. managed I managed one flower last year that was a proper ranunculus and one flower that was like a single ranunculus. Deformed one. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> even a proper one and I was livid. So I've I've got, is it Salmon Elegant? Yes, Salmone apparently. Salmone. <laughs> I never know how to pronounce these things. Salmone and... Possibly marshmallow. Marshmallow is a French one. Or it's not marshmallow. It looks like marshmallow. Um, could it be pastello? Pastello. Pastello. That's the one. Yes, yeah. Yes. And then I think I might have a white one. But I was like, I'm just going to order. I think I've got maybe 200, between 100 and 200. I can't remember which one I went for. Let's say 200, which actually does seem like a lot. But it's on a flower farm. So 200 of anything is nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll take every single one home because no one's having them. I'm not selling them. I'm just there for my use only if they work out. But You'll so be surprised, far, though, how many so you're going to get off each of those plants. I don't know what size you ordered, but um, bigger is always better with ranunculus. Yeah. So, so one of them's the, the biggest. Fives, yeah. Or the five sevens, they're the biggest. One of them's ones. five seven, one of them's four five. Okay, so you've gone for the big ones anyway. But the four fives, I find you get about eight flowers off a plant. No way. Yes, yeah, so you're gonna you, you're gonna be like rolling inundated. In <laughs> Fingers crossed. I think I probably got about the same as well, and I've really like wedged them in. I was like, there's not enough space in here. We're just gonna ram them in. Yeah. Um, well, so... Florette said nine cent. Uh, was it nine? Twenty three centimeters. Oh, give it a rest. So I was like, I'll cram them in at about twenty centimeters. <laughs> Mine have got five. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, be well, fine. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> just ram them in. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? There's going to be one or two less flowers. There's like 200 mm-hmm. in there. We'll be good. A few people messaged me going, all oh, that seems very close together. I was like, this is smaller than, um, but this is like what Florette recommends. Like, I'm just going with her recommendations. <laughs> don't get, don't at I mean, me. <laughs> yeah, obviously you've had some failures. So you want to make sure you're doing exactly what you're mm. meant to do. But I found you can get away with squeezing things in a bit smaller and things with everything. I with do. everything, yeah. I mean, like, what's going to happen? The one plant is going to take a few more nutrients off the other one. They're going to be fighting a little bit more. I mean, that could just make them stronger, right? Yeah. Treat them <laughs> mean, keep them keen. Precisely. So, um, yeah. all of my successes in growing things have been where I've neglected them somewhat. I would say. Yeah. I think. I think the tendency is like to baby things mm. and yeah maybe if you're just like enjoying a little bit of gardening and you know you've got the time for that because you're only growing two or three things then baby away but I mean I'm I've got a full-time job there's a lot of plants 
if they can't live without my babying them then they, they don't deserve to be there quite frankly <laughs> yeah 100 percent. um so what varieties have you got this year oh i've got all their elegance rice um varieties i didn't go I mean, they're not cheap, are they, these ranunculus? No. So I wasn't going to venture into the clonies or the, you know, the real um, frilly ones. So I've got the elegance ones and I have white. I have um, the one that's called, and I don't know if I'm saying this right either, but Bianco's Fumato, which mm-hmm. is like the kind of, it's like a, a mixture of colours, but the kind of pinky, creamy, um blushy variety i've got um rosa chiaro or chiara i think that one was sold out by the time i placed my order oh yeah so it's a slightly brighter pink mm-hmm. i've got cream salmon and then i went a little bit off brand and i ordered one called giallo or giallo my, my Italian's not up to scratch and it's like egg yolk yellow no way I know I saw it um, I actually went um uh last year I went to see um Roger Parsons at mm-hmm. his sweet pea farm and just near him is the real flower company I don't know if you oh, follow yeah. them yeah and they've got a they've got an honesty stand and they had tons of ranunculus there and they had this the jello there and I was like why do I love it so much what is happening to me but you know what I think it is and I was talking to somebody about this the other day is that I think Instagram has conditioned us to like blushy creamy peachy flowers and then we see the yellows and we're like oh we don't like yellow Mm. I think I do like yellow I'm not so sure on the orange but I think I like yellow. Like, can you imagine those ranunculus with like, like blue forget-me-nots or Ooh. something? Very spring. Yeah. So I thought that I'm, I didn't go um, like full whack on them. I think I just have 20 of that colour because mm-hmm. I thought, let's give it a go. Let's see. Oh, I'm intrigued to see these. Me too. And then I did actually order... Um, some French ones because the colour really intrigued me mm-hmm. um like I said I don't rate them as as much as the the Italian ones I think they're far more petals and and more rose-like looking um but I ordered these ones called porcelain Ooh. which I have a feeling are going to be a bit like the Bianco Sfumato um oh and I've got pastello as well of course how could you not have pastello um and I think it might be like a midway between those two but we'll mm-hmm. see well, I was so tempted to order some more. I saw the email come round and like oh, yes, last about, ones for yes, the year. Yes, do it, do it. Because I oh, thought, oh, have tempting. I got more space? Have I got mm. more space? Because I actually can't really be bothered this year with the um, outdoor tunnel situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it just gets too windy at my allotment for me to try and manage uh, a non-secure low tunnel because inevitably the plastic ends up you can try all you want but it comes off doesn't it yeah Um, so I'm not going to do that second succession outside this year um and I thought no I really can't cram another one in that tunnel not if I actually want to like reach to the back to pick anything there's no space so unfortunately I passed up well now that you've said that you plant yours five centimeters I'm wondering if I can intercrop (laughs) 
<laughs> New ones in between the colours. <laughs> Why not? Give it a go. Quite tempting, isn't it? Because then the first ones will be done before the second ones really get going. Because they've been in since the autumn. Yeah. So they were autumn sown ones. They've yeah. got they'll have plenty of time, won't they? Oh yeah. Give it a go. Oh well. Wow. Happy shopping to me this evening. <laughs> Oh, my so, work is done. <laughs> enabled. <laughs> so I feel like now is a good time to talk about the podcast because th- that is your job of the podcast. Do you feel like it's a bit like that? Just have a shopping addiction. Shopping <laughs> um, first of all, how do you how do you not end up just spending all day every day researching and buying the flowers that people have talked to you about on the podcast it's terrible it's terrible like well you can when we're, when we're doing one of the podcasts like we're, we're making notes because we're like right we need to order these ones before the episode goes out yeah because things have actually sold sold out because of um the podcast so it's um it's mad actually mm. so for anyone who doesn't know you you and um Sarah run the Let's Grow Girls podcast, which is honestly like my favourite podcast. Thank you. Um, because you speak to so many incredible people, and like people, a lot of them I people I've not necessarily heard of, and now I follow them all, and I feel like they've all changed the flower farming game, and they all have so much like expertise and passion. It's just such a pleasure to listen to. So if people aren't listening already, then head oh, over and listen because it is the best. We've been How really long lucky. have you been doing it? Um, it was a lockdown project. Um, ah. I think we started that September of 2020. Was it that long ago? 2020, yeah. It feels like a wow. long time ago, doesn't it? But yeah, um, Sarah and I had got chatting through Instagram and she was like, do you know what this world needs? It needs a flowery podcast. And I was like, no, who's going to listen to a podcast about flowers? And she was like, oh no, come on, let's let's give it a go. And I was like, all right, okay. If 10 people listen, I suppose we've, you know, gone gone well on it. And um, I've up to 10,000 downloads an episode now. It's absolutely crazy. That's amazing. Yeah, and like we've had some amazing guests. We've had, you know, one of the um, gardeners from David Austin. You know, I mentioned uh, Roger Parsons before and it was, you know, he's an absolute legend. But mm. then um, the ones that I love talking to as well, like you just said, were the ones who you wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, that's a gardening person. But they are, you know, a flower farmer and they've got, all this expertise and knowledge and they're always I find this community to be so friendly and giving and wanting to um you know share knowledge and and develop it that way develop the community so mm. we've had some really amazing people on there and I've made some really good friends as well which has been lovely yeah. it's an amazing thing to do isn't it and I think I, like with you guys so I binge what binge listen to like maybe 50 episodes within <laughs> a few weeks on like maybe over the summer in the allotment or something and then I ran out of episodes and was really disappointed but then I kind of didn't have time to listen to podcasts for a little while and then when I started listening again there was loads of guests that had come back on and yes, it almost yes. felt like we like we'd all been in the room together like all of the listeners <laughs> 
you and Sarah and the guests had all been there together. And when they came back on, I was howling as if like we were all in a room chatting with each other. Oh. Just like the fact that I'm just listening away. But all of the like in jokes from the previous episode and things, it's just absolutely brilliant. I love, I love that it feels like that to other people because that's totally what we wanted it to feel like. Yeah. And we say to the guests, like, this is just meant to be like a chat with you with your your mates mm-hmm. because like the flower farming thing can be quite lonely almost because mm. you know, some people are lucky enough to have a helper with them but even if you've got a helper you're kind of working in silo aren't you and it's not a really um what's the word although there is that fat flower farming community it's not a very social job on the day-to-day so having um like your flower friends in your ears being able to listen to whilst you work that's just what we wanted people to feel like they were there and and in the thick of it definitely and you get so much inspiration from it like if you're having a bit of a low day you listen to an episode of someone who's just done something incredible with their flower farm or like I remember listening to one about um growing sunflowers for the flower farm and that's oh yes they started off and I was I was so inspired and it was one of those things where I was like I'd never really considered growing sunflowers on my flower farm but I 100% will be doing it this year mm. and I know like, I know that I'll go back and listen to the episode again just to make yeah, sure yeah and that's what we love the... is so many people tell us that we go back and we listen once for pleasure and then we listen twice to make notes and then yeah, sometimes we go notebook. back again <laughs> and I'm like I just love that people people do that and like at the start of the podcast we did really laugh quite a lot because we were like oh we're just imagining you all in your greenhouses listening to this and then people um started telling us they were listening in the bath and (laughs) you know on the way to work or and then we got this one message from this lady in America who told us um she listens with her son like a six-year-old son oh she doesn't even really grow flowers she just sort of does you know a handful in the garden um and she said he started like copying our English accents and now he wants to be a flower farm and I was just like oh my goodness like we're touching seven-year-olds that's amazing here, you know so it was quite sweet I love hearing all those stories yeah definitely really rewarding isn't it yeah I think both of us definitely started off as a bit of like a hobby like we'll just start like we just want to chat to other people about plants and exactly you know, see how exactly. it goes well then you go through and it's just like like genuine friendships that come out of a yeah episode yeah. or where you're there chatting for like five hours and you're like I need a snack <laughs> we've had a few of those where we've been like right it's time to wrap up now but we're actually um kind of upgraded in the last season and got an editor which feels very fancy Ooh la la. Um, it was Sarah doing all of that before so um we do have to be mindful that the editor doesn't want to listen to five hours of chat about a seed or something <laughs> like that so uh we try and try and keep it punchy yeah a lot of learnings isn't there when you're when you're starting the podcast but yeah it's been a whole like well I wouldn't consider myself the technical person I definitely rely on Sarah for for a lot of that and um but you know we're planning at the moment for like the next season and it's just trying to work out you know what do people want like are there any you know we don't want to keep like repeating guests but then so many mm. people ask us for guests to come back because they've enjoyed listening to them and you know and then we're like oh what season is it what can we talk about that's relatable to now and but it's like you want to talk to everyone about everything, yeah right? 
need about like 300 episodes a season just to get through the ones that pop straight into your head let alone exactly. the ones you actually researched exactly. but hopefully we've got some good ones coming up and we're going to start recording I think in a couple of weeks time so we had a bit of a break um you know what it's like like you know over Christmas and what have you mm. things get a bit a bit busy don't they so do you have an estimate on when the podcast will be back um well before we started recording I said to me and Sarah we went to talk about it last night and then <laughs> two, we forgot about it brains like sieves um so hopefully we'll do that in the next couple of days I think we've got a short list of um who we'd like so providing they um uh want to come on then uh it should hopefully start start recording in a couple of weeks Exciting. and hopefully maybe get some episodes out in February amazing well this will be coming out in february as well so oh exciting so good timing good month of the year <laughs> so tell going back to your allotment tell me what kind of veggies that you grow alongside your wonderful flowers so i started off like slow with the veggies so i've always grown courgettes because like you can't go wrong with a courgette can you like if you mm. can't grow a courgette the gardening really probably isn't for you. I feel like that's <laughs> the easiest thing. It's instant win, isn't it, almost? I know it's obviously got to take its time, but you, you're going to be happy with the courgette plant. Mm-hmm. Um, my first year, actually, I um, I was like, right, I've got this allotment now. We're going to start watching Gardener's World and we're going to become an, you know, an expert gardener. So I watched Monty. He was like, we're going to plant the courgette seeds now. He said, um, you know, be careful about how many you plant because um, you'll get about four or five courgettes from each plant. And I was like, OK, planted them all out. Um, and then one of the other allotmenteers came past. He was like, um, how many courgette plants are you planting there, Nicole? And I said, oh, I've got 11. And he said, he said, a bit, you what? I said, well, Monty said I get four or five per, he said four or five per week, Nicole. Mm. And I was like, oh, and let's just say what I can't make with a courgette is not worth anybody's time. I can make anything out of a courgette now after that season. Amazing. So can we expect to see a courgette cookbook at some point? Well, who knows? Who knows? I don't I don't think anyone would want to eat the amount of things I made out of courgettes. I made courgette cake, which is very nice, by the way. Very good. Had, Highly recommend. Exactly. We had a lot of courgette soup. You wouldn't think a courgette would make a good soup, but it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, courgette fritters. Oh, courgette I do like a courgette fritter. Yes, I do as well. And we just chuck them in everything, so... You never know. Maybe that's an idea. If anyone's listening, any you know book publishers, <laughs> get a penguin on it. <laughs> yeah. Do you um, know what? I don't really like courgettes. Um, I, I, I grew, I grew them and forced myself to eat them in a few ways, and was like, okay, in fritters and cake, they're fine. Like, I'll, I'll, I do really like the cake, and the fritters are like nice as long as you, because they take on quite a lot of flavour. So as long as they you do, they else, do parmesan in them and some, you know, like. I mean, I actually like the taste of olive oil. So I think if you fry them in the olive mm. oil, then they taste quite nice, don't they? But um, I like them roasted. That's my favourite way to have them. Mm-hmm. But nice. I just, I, well, I'm glad I did like them because there was a lot after 11 plants. I was like taking like sackfuls of them into work. And I was like, please take my courgettes. And then, I, and then I found somebody who was a vegetarian. And I was like, here, have a bag. And she was like, oh, we love courgettes in our house. I was like... Do you want more? Because <laughs> I can't bear the waste either. But you know, yeah. there's only so many courgettes a, a house of two can eat. 
um but that's so that I grew those in the first year and I grew um French beans which I love as well mm-hmm. another nice easy one um last year I grew tomatoes but this year I've got oh and I grew chard I love chard and we've got chickens as well and they love the chard too yeah but this year I'm gonna try I'm gonna go like wild I'm dedicating like a court like a bit of a not quite a quarter but a nearly a quarter of the plot and it's got raised beds that are going to have veg in them so I've got plans for chard again but I've got different kinds of chard um one called pink peppermint Oh, that one is beautiful. Pretty, isn't it? I mean, I'm I'm always sucked in by the cute veg, you know. Um, I'm going to try in the polytunnel. I'm going to try some aubergines. Mm -hmm. I've got some different kinds. I've got those like finger ones, you know, the thin ones. I've got some fat ones. I've got um, some cucumbers, some peppers. I bought some seeds to do a melon. Yeah, 100% recommend. Best thing to do. I've grown them every every year i'm sure i had them my first year so this will be my fifth year of growing melons and it's my oh, favorite thing to grow what kind ever of melons? so i've always done the mini love um watermelons because you can you can buy the seeds from Lidl, and this they're about 40p a packet so i've always grown those but this year i've got mangamel mini love um can't think i can't just the like the name of it I'm, I'm i'm hooked into a on, into a cute name as well same um what about I, the novelty veg although i vowed this year not to get sucked into novelty veg the mango <laughs> melt is supposed to taste like a mango crossed with a melon and i was like sounds like a oh, dream come true if you can grow that in I the mean, uk that sounds i'm guessing it's got to go in the um tunnel i actually think that's an outdoor melon because i've grown a Ooh. couple outdoors before and i had i had varying levels of success the ones in the greenhouse have always done quite well but my greenhouse is like a greenhouse shed so it's not like polytunnel vibe it's still a bit shady and not yeah. super warm um but i'm gonna put them in so in my polytunnel where i've got all the flowers i'm gonna have a little corner dedicated to veg to eat on the farm so oh. i'll probably have tomatoes and melons and maybe some like piquito chilies um and Ooh. i want to see how they grow in the polytunnel versus the greenhouse because oh, when be you get once they get going, they they're so they're so exciting. When you see the first little fluffy fairy melon starting to form, you do. I would say if you grow them inside, definitely be on it with the hand pollination. Okay, okay. I, I get think, like a little makeup brush to do it. I think the ones I've got might be self. Oh, personalizing ones. I think it said they were female ones, but I will definitely. Or maybe that was the cucumbers, but I'm definitely going to check that out. Make sure I'm doing it right because mm. I'm I'm also trying a loofah this year. Yeah, I tried them last year but killed them. Yes, um, I'm going to go again this year, um, and hopefully, well, they because they need the hand pollination, don't they? So I'll, I'll get the yeah. brushes ready. The problem with the loofahs, more so than the melons, is that you get so many female flowers at one time and then the female flowers will stop and then you get male flowers for six weeks and then they'll stop and then the females will come back and you're like oh my god can you not just be in time with each other (laughs) it's a story of life right yeah so i didn't have any loofers this year but the the year before they'd been like okay quite quite good but in comparison to the people who grow really good loofers mine were not as good (laughs) Oh, well, I'm excited to give it a go. I mean, that's something new. And then I was trying to think what else I had. I feel like I had something. Uh, oh, um, 
I feel like Rodney when I say this, but I'm Monge too. Nice. I grew those this year and loved them. They were so, so easy. good. Um, and they, they'd be good for your munching at the farm. Mm, that would be a really good snack. Yeah. Like I might these. grow those on the side of the polytunnel or the shed. Like get a yeah, little trellis I, going. I, um, they're actually really short plants. Oh, are they? Yeah, they did it. They don't not. They're not climbing. Um, oh, they say to use um, sticks for them. Mm-hmm. The oh, perfect. I, the one I used, the variety was Norley N O R L I. Um, that down. And they were they were fun and pretty quick turnaround. I think I put I direct sowed them like in September. And oh wow. And then sort of the end of October, start of November. I had tons. Amazing. Really, Are they quite mild, prolific then? Um, yeah. yeah, really, really quite decent, actually. I think I had, you know, I, I had good handfuls of them every time I was down there out of about four or five plants. So they're wow. def- definitely worth a go. I definitely um, grow those again this year. And then I'm going to try um, some pumpkins or squashes. I think... Exciting. I bought one that's like, um, I can't remember what it's called, but I'm just calling it the baby butternuts. Mm-hmm. So they can grow in a pot. Are they, um, oh, I know exactly what they're called. I, well, I, I cannot I, think of them. We grew them last year at the work garden. Oh, are they good? So good. Because they're like the perfect size because I find a, a full size butternut is a bit big. Yes, especially if you just like a couple of you in the house, right? Yeah, so I'm like one person and one is like a perfect little meal for me. And if you cut them open, like if you're cutting them open and stuffing them or something, they're like mm. a good size for that as well, aren't they? Yeah, not, or even to not... make like a like a sauce. I made loads of like really yummy pasta sauces Ooh. with like ro- roasted butternut, whiz them up and put them over pasta. Oh, they sound good. Delish. Mm. Yeah, so I I'm, can't think I'm, of their name though. It's going to annoy me, but like the the baby the baby butternuts. Mm. Um, I've got those on the go um and then I, ha- I I ordered a couple of squashes as well but I'm um I don't really have the space for them but like the mm-hmm. back of my allotment is like this muddy patch and I thought I stick them in there and put some manure on them and let them go wild and yeah why not it's right at the back so it won't bother me too much and then just see what see what happens I feel like they're so much fun to grow. If you've not grown them before, they kind of, they hook you in and you just want to see them all day, every day because they grow so quickly. Oh, do they? I know I've got Turk's Turban. Oh yeah, that's a really good one. I know it's not the most um, like fleshiest of squashes, but I'm, maybe I'm being sucked in by how unusual they look, but I'm like, I need to grow the the cool ones, right? It is tasty though. It is a really tasty one. Um, And then I think I might've got that, Trombocino or trombon Tromboncinos. Yes. Um, nice. I thought I might try growing that on. Um, I've got an archway, but I'm not sure. Um, I'm trying to plan out what goes what goes where at the moment. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, trying to squidge everything into every little possible space that you've got, right? Definitely. I think I'm gonna go all out with the vertical growing this year to see what I can. I think you've got extra to. space on. You've got to, you, like you say, you've got to just get the extra space wherever you can get it and up mm. is the way. I'm going to do a tromboncino arch, although I've not had a very good history of arches, but I'm going to make something really good this year. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> 
you've got the perseverance you can do it Shannon. yeah do absolutely it. absolutely chicks and veg did such a good one last year oh yeah, she so did. Jealous yeah i've got the same is. arches as her so i think mm. they'll probably um um withstand the weight of them but um they are yeah. beautiful arches the harrods horticultural yeah ones, aren't they? yeah yeah i'm really lucky they um they gave me mine actually so um, i'm doing a bit a of dream them this year i'm going to be writing a blog for them <gasps> how exciting fun as well so let's keep an eye out for yeah yeah just trying to do something a little bit different as well you know and i, I enjoy writing so i thought it'd be a bit fun do you think that this this might be a bit of a personal question, but do you think that you would one day like to have a kind of career in horticulture or would you prefer to leave it as a hobby? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I mean, I do really enjoy like my, my day job and I, I do get a lot of satisfaction out of that. But I'm, I am a never say never kind of person. But, you know, if it ended up being a case of like a little bit less of one and a little bit more of the other then that that could work as well mm. um what about you do you think you would is that your end goal with having the farm then to move out of the you haven't stopped your office job have you yeah so I quit in July last year oh did year. you actually quit I thought you were yeah. still doing it part-time well so I've I've quit my full-time day job but I'm doing like marketing on the side so my oh, my okay, job okay, was okay. in marketing and I do freelance marketing okay on the I side. thought you were still doing something like that okay okay yeah so, so that's I, where I'm my kind of got the wrong end no I've not fully committed to farm and gardening life but I have enough projects that it's kind of like 50 50 at the moment oh, of like where my good. income comes from so just slowly but surely crawling towards it being but then I I, now that I've taken on a few like clients in the plant industry I really am enjoying the freelance stuff a lot more oh yeah yeah so I'm like it's not an interesting subject that it's can be a bit dry yeah yeah you want to you don't have the 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 hook for it do you but I guess if it's if it's something you're good at and a subject you're interested in definitely and it's been so interesting getting to know other people's businesses and um things like that so yeah I'm not quite there yet but I took the leap of faith and then was like I'm gonna make this work somehow so at least half my week is gardening and then the other half of my week is marketing but more and more for gardening clients so oh that's good it feels like but that is my ultimate goal is to be fully garden sufficient oh that would be amazing because I know you've got quite a few um different avenues haven't you of work work that you're doing at the farm which is it's good because I think it can get a bit like one track Mm. whereas if you've got some different things to kind of keep you involved and keep you interested and it's not just weeding and sowing seeds then it's it makes it more fun Definitely. I'm so excited to be able to have like more experience based activities on the allotment. So we did our first event last year in November when there was nothing to see, but everyone had such a good day coming down to the farm and like learning more about gardening. And we made like wildflower seed bombs. Oh, yeah, I saw, I saw it. It looked really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to be able to do more stuff like that. But when the farm is kind of more like in bloom and yeah. there's actual stuff there because at the moment it feels it's quite dreary because it's just brown compost and a couple of like buildings (laughs) but um hopefully next year that will kind of be a bigger element of the farm because as much as I want to sell flowers 
I want to make other people excited about flowers and I want them to do that, grow their own. So come and yeah. learn to grow your own. Yeah, yeah well, it's and good then to have go and the, do it at in, home. the different income stream as well, isn't it? Because I think, you know, it, it, I mean, selling the flowers, you can, you know, make that into a massive business if you want to. Mm. Um, but having something that you can do in the down months as well. Definitely. And I think it's, I think all all farmers know that it's, it's like a time where what is it that they say that like the side hustle culture these yeah. days is that you should actually have lots of side hustles rather than like one main don't put all your eggs in one basket hustle. yeah so whatever happens hopefully one of those avenues will keep up and like you I love writing garden things so like I've started writing for kitchen garden magazine and oh, cool. I've got I a few other bits coming up actually. Too. Yeah, it was one of my goals for 2023 and I started it a bit early. So oh. my first article is out sometime this year. I don't know. Oh, exciting. When yet. But yeah, I think it's quite a nice, um, a nice way to dip your toes. I think eventually what I quite like is to have, um, I mean, we're looking for, um, we're not quite ready to buy just yet, but we're looking for a property that's got land so I, it mm-hmm. can be on site rather than away from the house and I think eventually I'd like to do something like have a a you pick like once a month and then do subscription flowers Mm -hmm. so it's not so on demand but more scheduled like you know I know that the first week of the month I'm doing subscription bouquets and I can get those done in the one weekend and then two weekends later we've got a you pick Mm -hmm. and um and then sort of like Maybe, I don't know, I, I, maybe it's visions of grandeur, but I'd, I quite like the idea of having like a small building, like a little cabin or something, and having um, people being able to hire it out for like baby showers or, you know, but like they have to bring everything of their own. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not proposing to cook them the courgette soup or anything. <laughs> don't worry about that. Courgette There's, there's a niche business. <laughs> You can hire this cabin and we can provide a menu entirely courgette based. Can you imagine? I'm sure somebody would go for it. Yeah. Um, but then like like yoga in the flowers or something, you should like hiring yeah. the space out a little bit as well. So maybe one day, but it's good to have dreams, isn't it? Definitely. And I can totally envision you doing that. Yeah, so I, I can think just like see a bit, it. A bit more hands-offy because I, I've, I've done it before where... I've um not last summer the summer before I helped out at um a local florist um they weren't um a grower florist they were just a florist and I helped out with um a couple of weddings over the summer and it was a really good experience because if for no other reason than it taught me that I do not <laughs> want to become a wedding florist um that's exactly what my sister's wedding taught me. When we were arranging all the flowers with her florist bridesmaid, I was like, I never want to be a florist. No, I mean, I, I, and that's why I think I'd quite like the subscriptions because I enjoy the creative side of making the bouquets and putting them together. And I thought, you know, like if you were doing a once a month in the, su- or, or even once a week or once every fortnight, you were doing a, a bouquet, but it was the same bouquet and it hasn't got the pressure of a wedding. And, mm-hmm. you know, for this thing, we made arches. So I learned lots of skills and techniques. We made arches, we made, um, you know, what do they call them? The pew flowers and mm-hmm. bouquets and buttonholes and and garland you know all all the whole shebang I we even made this um 
there's this great big like square hanging thing not quite oh, wow. chandelier but that and it was just insane I made I even made flower candelabras for the tables so I learned <laughs> so much but like by the end of it I didn't want I, I I didn't want to see um a Canterbury Bell again I was like I'm so over these now I, I mean I'm back it's two years later I think I can get back on board with them mm-hmm. but it was quite um an intense experience mm, I'm I hoping your sister was a bit more gentle on you and it and she wasn't making you create archways and no 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 <laughs> we literally did like bridal bouquets bridesmaid bouquets and table flowers and that was okay, enough okay, so you were because bit... we were arranging it under pressure I think is the thing and it kind of takes the fun out of it like when you're playing with your own flowers you're like yeah. oh this is lovely oh, like I really enjoy yeah. this but when you've yeah. got a deadline and they've got to look really good because other people are going to see them and they're going to... And photographs are going to be taken of them. Yeah. And, oh, and I think because I was obviously working for somebody else and helping out, it was it was a lot. And um, we had two weddings over the August bank holiday weekend with everything, like, you know, all the flowers. And by the end of it, I, I, came, I came home and, and I, I sat down and I, and I said to my husband, I, I don't think I can get back up again. Like, I literally felt like my feet were finished. Yeah. Um, I had to put them in a bucket of water to try and sort of reduce, because it's quite it's quite physical as well. I don't think people realise how, mm. you know, how demanding it is. And obviously I, I only, not that I want to put anyone off forestry, but I am in awe of florists and yeah, the physical effort and the mental effort, because there's a lot of like maths behind this stuff, right? You know, costing up flower bouquets and working out how many stems you need for this that and the other and um brides are mean as well I have Mm. been a bride I I am aware you know of how psycho brides can go at various points but you know they they want everything and for no no money and well it's just fine because everyone wants a bargain right but Mm. it's but then you being the florist and having to deal with all of that and it being your livelihood I just found it the most intense experience of my life I think and solidified in me that farmer florist was never the route I would go down yeah I think that's fair enough and you know what like you said good thing to have learned that lesson at that point (laughs) yeah well that's why I did it like I knew this florist you know I I, you know I was quite friend I am quite friendly with her and I just said to her you know if you because a lot of florists do use other florists to help them. And mm. there's a lot of freelance florists who knew that was a thing, right? I knew it, mad. Yeah, people who just want to help, but not have the drama of the crazy rides. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, I just pitched in, you know, with a couple of weekends and and, and got involved. And, you know, I think if, if, if you're even, like, remotely thinking about doing something like that, then it's definitely one to get that experience of doing um but yeah I mean it's I I do enjoy like the the creative side of it though so I would Mm. never want if I was gonna do it I would want there to be some of that in there yeah just on a much more manageable scale than yeah one of my favorite things actually was uh is is wreath time Mm -hmm. that's one of my absolute favorite time of year is is doing the wreaths and teaching the wreath classes and seeing how much everybody loves doing a wreath yeah who who 
who's made a wreath and not gone away thinking I could be a florist right? <laughs> <laughs> Look, this, this is easy and everyone was you know like I had some new people this year because I do it with my team at work and they were like um oh we've never done anything like this before are you sure we're going to be able to you know do it and I, I just said to them look I am not letting you put that on your door and for you to tell people I taught you and it doesn't come out of here looking amazing it's going to look amazing and they were laughing and they did and they all came out looking absolutely stunning everyone's looked different but I just love that about the wreath classes mm. and I think I'd like probably if I if I if my dream came true I'd, I'd use the courgette cabin to um teach some maybe bouquet classes as well or something. <laughs> the courgette cabin oh, <laughs> it's gonna be the best the best cabin ever you have to get green, some cor- courgette art <laughs> you're gonna have to find a very niche artist who's well, my husband is an them. illustrator so Perfect. I'm, I'm gonna have to put that on his list he's gonna draw me a courgette <laughs> Oh, that's amazing um so you said you really like the creative part of the flowers yeah. are you an avid planner or are you more of a hit and hope kind of grower um probably a mixture like there's things I know I want and things I know that I want to be there and you know my kind of steadfast favorites but then I do like to mix it up by trying something a bit different and giving it, you know, something else a go. Mm-hmm. And also not giving up. Trying that thing that annoys you, you know, the nemesis that you can never grow. I don't know about you, but well, I think I must be the only people person because everyone says to me, they're so easy to grow. But I could not grow a foxglove to save my life. This year, oh my god, touch wood, they look incredible. I am gonna have the best fox gloves. I'm so excited. That is the thing with Nemesis, though. Usually it takes me three years. Yeah, this is my third year and it's coming. Mm. Yeah, you've got this. It's a it's a like specialty rule. So I my nemesis is broccoli, cauliflowers, and ranunculus. And it will be my third year growing all three. And I'm determined (laughs) that all three of them will will grow. I want baby cauliflowers because I I live alone. I don't need a big cauliflower. I want a baby one. Have you seen those ones that look like a tender stem? Yes. Yes. I. Do you know what? I had them on a seed order list. The seed order arrived and they weren't on my order list or on my email. I don't know what happened to them, but that's reminded me I really need to re-get those in. (laughs) On the list? And do you grow things like... um like what I call standard allotment veg like you you got to have a beetroot right always and my mum pickles it and it's fantastic and I, I don't love really beetroot. love beetroot in an other way but the way my mum pickles it is just fantastic try roasting them as well so what I do mm. is I put them with the courgettes and a red onion and if I've got a pepper a pepper mm-hmm. um but then I started ro- I started cutting and putting the beetroots in there I do nice. wear my gloves when I'm doing them though because otherwise you're like murdered someone <laughs> um but yeah I, I I love them this year I really enjoyed them and I also I don't really like them but I really like growing them is radishes same I hate the taste they of them burn me have you pickled them though oh no 
You can pickle pick, a radish. You can pickle a radish. It's quite um like Asian, I think. Like lots of Japanese dishes I've had it on. Oh. So I was just in Copenhagen. Is it almost wasabi-ish? No, that's horseradish, isn't it? Wasabi. Mm. Yeah, it's more I think it takes the like it takes the bite out of it and yeah. makes it more like pickly. <laughs> More like sweeter with sweet oh, and salty. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that one a go. Mm. So when I was in Copenhagen, we had, um, I don't know what the Danish word for it is. It's like rye bread with ham oh, yes. and egg and stuff, and there was and pickled, pickled radishes. Well, it was pickled it was a mooly, mooly radish. Japanese radish, yeah. And it was so delicious. And I never would have thought that it would tasted like that. But I think it was because it was pickled. And my friend pickled some of the radishes from work. And almost like a sushi bowl is unreal. That sounds very cool, maybe. You know, a microwave pot of sushi rice with some teriyaki (laughs) salmon or something. Well, it sounds good to me. You know, you're always looking for things to do. And like, I just love growing radishes, like how quick they grow. And like, they're so pretty as well. When Um, you get a perfectly round one and you're like, oh, oh, no, you to resist last year with these. I try and remember the name of them, but they were a French breakfast radish i'm like french people eat breakfast yeah that's what i was like how very continental um (laughs) but they were like long and hot and like pink i've seen them they're beautiful they were so cute i was like well these are good and Mm. everyone was like eat the radish leaves well some little pest got to them before me they got really munched i don't know what munched them but something did maybe next year they're a good microgreen. I don't mind them as a microgreen. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was hoping to do was to eat those little mm. green bits off the top. But hey-ho. Um, so before we run out of time completely, obviously we have to talk about the dahlias and the bruises. <laughs> and I need like a a top list of like the be-all and end-all of your fave dahlias. And I, I'm going to say for, t- for this year, because I know that this is something that changes Ooh, every year. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, isn't it? I actually, um, this morning, had um, a call with the um, chap at Halls of Hedden, the owner Ooh. of it, and we were talking about favourite dahlias and... Um, I added a couple to my order and he we were talking about something and he said, oh, that that's in our top five. And I was like, tell me what else is in the top five? And he said to me, Cafe Lay, which mm-hmm. it, he, he you know, agrees that it's a popular dahlia, but I, I got the distinct impression it's not his favourite. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the Instagram dahlia, isn't it? Really? Yeah. That's what got me hooked. But he did also say, and I take great pride in this, that um, because of me, Hamari Rose is now in the top five list. Yeah. Now. I was like, Come on. He was like, he's like, I think we sold about 50. And then the next year we sold 400. I was like, that's wow. me. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so I was like, I feel like it's, it's, um, it's a terrible phrase, isn't it? isn't it? But I feel like that was my influencer um, status 100%. achieved. I do nothing The power else in my life. of the podcast. <laughs> Yes, um, Hamari Rose is my one of my all-time favourites. I love it, and um, I, I think I think there are some other stockists of it now as tubers, but I buy mine as mini plants from Halls of Hedden, and mm-hmm. um, I really rate them as a as a supplier. Um, and if you're a grower, 
um the mini plants are really good because obviously um well not obviously but they are cheaper and you can buy more of them the more you buy the more discount you get as well from them so highly recommend um, i've got i'm halfway through an order of them so i'll make sure that that's on my list <laughs> <laughs> yes definitely on the list that one um i also really love jowie winnie yeah beautiful one beautiful beautiful one um and um oh it's hard I mean obviously I love cafe lay but you do have to deal with the fact she's a diva right Mm. you know she's she's not gonna crank out the blooms like some of the others and sometimes you're gonna get a beige one sometimes you're gonna get a pink one you won't get the pink one when you want the pink one for that wedding or whatever but She's gorgeous. You can't mm. not have her. But if you do want something like her, um, sweet Natalie is a lovely one to have. Mm-hmm. She's a she's um a ball shape. Oh, I um, love the ball shaped pom. Yeah, like a pom one. Yeah, like a pom. But she's more of um like she's more she's front facing and she's got a darker stem and her petals are more like um curled. You know, like when you do that with your tongue mm-hmm. um appreciating the the listeners didn't get to see that cute image of me <laughs> um but when you roll your tongue um they've got more of that kind of curled petal to them they're really pretty um so those ones i would recommend that one i would recommend um this year two that i've really loved having which are i believe in america they call it so the orange one's called sylvia mm-hmm. and the pink one is called sandra here but i think in america they call it sylvia and pink sylvia mm-hmm. because they they are almost identical in shape size stem length plants look the same and they were absolute workhorses and who knew that hot pink and orange would be so good together i don't mm. really like orange but i've ordered her a game this year i liked her that that much so you are going wild good. with the colors this year oh it's yellow I, and I think, the orange i think we've got to go beyond the pastels now and mm. go for the the um unusual ones but if if you want want i really the one 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 of the ones i loved last year which i think is really hard to get a good one of is a white Mm-hmm. a white ball and i grew i can't say this lancress which is l apostrophe a n c r e double s e and that's from hall mm-hmm. as well and it's a white with ever such a faint tinge of pinky lilac in the center but Ooh. not not obvious it's not like eveline which has got that massive purple mm. bit in the middle it's the faintest lilac and that i just loved it it was so um like robust like Mm -hmm. a solid white and I found it didn't um discolor in the sun or um go a bit manky in the rain it was a really good one Uh, that's definitely going on my list (laughs) I just actually brought up my list on um on my phone of what I ordered and I'm like oh I don't remember ordering that one (laughs) um but I went I did go a bit wild this year and ordered some slightly different ones that I wouldn't have normally normally had in there um but 
I'll tell you one last one because obviously I could be here all day telling you the ones I love. <laughs> um, but I really like Westerton JWH, and it is like it's a decorative mm-hmm. and it goes perfectly with Hamari Rose. It's like it's sister, but in a different shape. But like the most I've not heard of together. that one. It is beautiful. If you, it, I didn't grow it this year, um, but I grew it last year. If you scroll back on my feed, you'll see Hamari Rose and Westerton JWH together, and they just go so good together. I just mm. love them. I love that when you find a dream combo. Yeah, and I was like, I could just stare at these all day. They were the best, best combination. But I'm, I'm, I am plugging for the cactus shapes this year. Mm. I think See, they're not my faves. I think you've not found the right one. Maybe, yeah. My love is a good one if you want to try cactus ones. It's a white. Okay. Um, and if you are looking to sell I think weddings, I... it's oh, like no, the best. It wasn't that one. It's a really good one to sort of get started with. Um, but I think I've got like one called joe sudi hercules which is like mm-hmm. a more ready colored one um i just thought i'd try try it out it's like a small cactus rather than a huge one um but then um i don't know do you follow um marin from the farmhouse flower farm yes um she's the worst enabler i've ever met in my life yeah um if she's listening to this i'm sure she's laughing now because (laughs) she'll probably say the same thing about me um but she told me to get one called and it's the worst name for a daily i'm really sorry if the person who created it is listening to this or it's your dad's name or something but it's called (laughs) reginald keen (laughs) um and do you know what dahlia tubers suit that name because, because it's tubers gnarly yeah gnarly but the flower themselves is what the normal dahlias are, are named after isn't it where it's like yeah. a, beautiful, a beautiful french name or yeah i'm like you know um like i said lancress or i've got one called jamanda mm. coming this year and i'm like they're like nice. the sweet names aren't they and then then i've got reginald Keane. <laughs> <laughs> got reggie coming to the plot um, well, i hope reggie is a robust plant he's a cactus a, a big a bigger cactus and i'm just i'm like oh this is going to be a good one i like to mix it up with the dahlias i think mm. um yeah it's great to try and keep your tubers and if you can overwinter them then great go for it i can't overwinter mine because of the soil that i've got the plot it, it just it just won't happen and also i kind of multi-use the beds as well where those mm-hmm. dahlias were I'm going to try st- another nemesis stocks this year and see if I can grow those where the dahlias were. We'll yeah. see. Um, but I I do sort of treat mine like annuals a little bit, as mm-hmm. as uh, expensive as that might sound. I'm like, you don't have to hold on to the ones you didn't like or yeah. the ones that didn't perform as nicely. Get rid. Get a different so, one. Okay, so off, off the back of this, What's your labelling system? How do you know which ones you didn't like? How are you labelling these to know which ones? I chuck them immediately. Oh, yeah. Get rid, pull it up and dump it. Okay. Or um, tag it and give it to somebody. That's why I, I always leave the tagging until I've dug them up at the end of the season because I, I never leave mine in the beds either. But I keep them in the shed or whatever. And then I've got two crates of dailies. I have no idea what any of them are. <laughs> You see, I, I dig and tag immediately. So mm-hmm. I use um, 
I think they're called like lock labels. They're like mm-hmm. um, a bit like what the British Airways used to use on your luggage mm-hmm. handles. Are they tree labels? I'm sure someone no, told I me that. No, I don't think they call them tree labels. They've just oh, got okay. like, I think they're called a lock, a lock-in label or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try and find a link for you. Um, but it's it's got like a slit in one side and you wrap it round the tube and you tuck the other end through and pull it pull it on and you write the name on it mm-hmm. um so I tend to use those and um if I would I would I would put that on the clump and then not divide until I was ready to divide mm-hmm. and then I'd be planting at the same time I was dividing so I wouldn't need to worry about the labeling then and yeah. then I'd use um normal tags in the in the pots or in the ground um but yeah I mean I'm not I'm not like precious about any of them really i just think if you don't like it or you want to try yeah. another one do it i agree and you know what this year i'm gonna have to go more outlandish than ever with my variety because i am that classic instagram peach pinks pastels mm-hmm. all about those but when you're growing for customers yeah yeah they're not necessarily just gonna like what i like no that's true but you know one that i surprisingly love that everybody else seems to love and I didn't think people would love it as much is mm-hmm. American Dawn have you grown that one I think I've had American Dream but not American Dawn so it's a decorative so it's got that more open sort of shape and it's mm-hmm. like a orangey salmon with like a purple undertone to it yes I have seen this one it's mad how unusual it looks and it's a really early variety mm-hmm. and it's really floriferous it's mad long stems dark stems oh I love um, dark stems. yeah me too and it's just I loved it and I didn't grow it last year or the year before because I'd lost the tubers and then this year I was like I'm American Dawn is making a comeback I'm having it exciting yeah I can't wait for just I just can't wait to have flowers back again Mm. um and I think this year I've probably timed things a little bit better because I don't know about you but I seem to get like a weird I think a lot of farmers do to be fair have um like a gap Mm -hmm. of of not having any like queen flowers you know the stats will be growing or what have you but it sort of goes like tulips ranunculus gap dahlias for me obviously the roses are there all the way through most of that but um I I think now with the ranunculus being in the tunnel and my plan for the stocks I might not have that gap again but I'm just Mm -hmm. so excited to see colour again and have the flowers back I can't wait I cannot wait for the roses to come back I've planted so many roses this year um I've got so many potted roses and I just can't wait to smell them I mean I haven't even spoken about sweet peas have I I've got like a billion of those oh yeah well have you are your autumn ones doing well mine died in the in the really harsh frost I couldn't believe it I was like what what is this sweet pea doing dying it was in the shed and everything so if they went all machine that happened but mine mine are a bit floppy but that's normal that that can happen because they're vines if they've not got anything to support them they'll start to go mine were floppy in like a mushy kind of way like i've been killed by the frost floppy but i I mean they can survive to like minus 15 but a few people said the same thing to me as as you have but uh, mine i just left them i didn't cover them they didn't do anything they're just in the greenhouse but 
um, the pots froze solid. Oh, wow. Last year, I left them outside during the frosts. I just didn't do it this year because of um, I, I didn't have the right space to put them in outside. So they didn't go outside mm-hmm. this year, but they seem to be, they've survived through through that mad frosts we had. You've obviously got some good hardy ones from Roger Parsons. Yeah. Well, yeah, Ro- Roger's my top tip. And, and there's, uh, just can't wait to smell them either. Mm. Um, and I've got a longer sweet pea frame this year. Exciting. To grow even more on them. Um, yes, I've got a new longer one from Harrods as well. So my other one is being relegated to runner beans. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there'll be lots of lovely smelling things and got snapdragons on the go and all layer and oh, i um, love all layer i like i i i do and don't like it because it's like one of those like it's cute but it looks like cow parsley right yeah but i do love it more than amy yes, I I I'm, like, oh, I'm i am but begrudgingly have you grown the other amys though i know a lot of people are like yeah i did the visnaga but I don't know if I just neglected them, but they just didn't have a very long life. And the smell of them really made me feel a bit sick. Do you know what the smell of what I really don't like, but love the flower of, is a fever few. Yes. They smell like wee. Yeah, they they are grim, but they look so pretty. In both but they, they, they really do. But I think um, like I had them growing like mad in my garden and I picked this massive bunch of them and I... I, I I don't I've got a really keen sense of smell my husband it drives my husband nuts um but he doesn't have a very good sense of smell so usually if I can if he smells something I know it's got a strong smell mm. and he he had um I put the bunch next to him and he was like why well, does it smell like we in our lounge <laughs> <laughs> so I um, knew they were strong smelling do you find the same with the salmon colored um peonies and daffodils i i haven't i haven't smelt them so bad with them um, peonies but some people have said to me the salmon color ones smell like pea but i haven't got that off them but um paper whites i think have got a bit of a pea smell mm, we had some i think it was the replete daffodils last year and i bought them into the house and they looked beautiful and then I was like walking around, being like, "What is that smell?" I was you, like, don't, you don't immediately. One of the babies it. weed in the corner or something like. <laughs> they've only been here one time. I don't think they would have. And then I was like, you like had like a little dog sniffing around. And then I was like, <laughs> "It's it's the daffodils." You don't expect them to smell bad, do you? But no, they creep so, up on you. Some of these. Of all the wonderful things that you are growing this year, what would you say is your the thing that you are most excited for? <sighs> so hard to say I know I think because I missed out on them last year the ranunculus Mm -hmm. I really missed them so I'm really excited to see them but obviously all all of the flowers I'm just excited to have the allotment more in a in a better space because last year was a lot of digging stuff up and Mm. dealing with perennial weeds and things like that so I'm just excited to have it all set up a bit more and have a bit more variety going on and being able to play with things properly you know because I've got a bit more filler going on a bit more um you know the non-focal stuff as well which Mm -hmm. I think people forget do forget about but definitely but in one of your podcast episodes I'm terrible remembering who was said what but someone said 
a third focal, a third filler, a third foliage. That is the and amazing it... Georgie Newbury. Georgie Newbury. Is a, she is a genius, that lady. She is. And but that's yeah. what I have, that's been my like diehard rule. Third, third, third. She's got mm. some excellent um, plant combinations as well, if you ever uh, um, follow her Instagram. Oh, she's got a great YouTube, actually. Yeah. She puts a lot of time into that. So, um, She's but so yes. charismatic as well. She yeah, just she's makes charming. me laugh constantly. She's charming, that lady. But she yeah, it's, it's, maybe she's got to be one that we get back again soon for the, the podcast. But um, definitely, yeah, a third, a third, a third. I think it's it's all too tempting to fill the place with dahlias and um, roses and what have you. But when you come to put together the bouquets, though, you realise what you're really slacking on. And yeah. then you're like, oh. I wish. I wish I grew more grasses, actually. Mm. I don't really have the space for them, but I think grasses are going to be big. That's my prediction for this year, more grasses. Uh, yeah, panicum is my fave, but I did Breeza Maxima this yes, year. Yes, I've got that going. But do you know what I like more than Maxima is media. Oh, Breeza okay. media. That one is, it's it's like not as drapey. Mm-hmm. I saw it at Chelsea everywhere last year and I was like what is this amazing thing um and that one I don't I think it might be a perennial um but uh like a short-lived perennial but it, mm-hmm. it was pretty as well um and I like like the fluffy grasses I think people don't think to use like um I'm so bad at pronouncing names of things but I would call it like the pony tail grass mm-hmm. I don't know what the latin name is for it but you know like the more fluffy ones and yeah and things like that. So I think they add like a lot of texture, don't they? I love them, but my bugbear with them is that they self-seed like mad and yeah. they go everywhere. They do. And it just takes like one gust of wind, doesn't it? And then yeah, you grow um, them in the, every bed. The frost actually killed off. So all my breezer where it had been before, I had reseeded like there was no tomorrow. But the frost killed it all off and it, it's all flattened and I'm almost <laughs> hoping it doesn't come back because I'm like oh that would have actually saved me quite an annoying job if that's gone <laughs> well, I was planning to take some to the farm but yeah I was like oh it's I, I just I didn't love it and it went mine went probably because of the heat wave and the neglect that they had um mine just went they went the, when they were green they were gorgeous and when they went dry they just shed everywhere and they just weren't they weren't as majestic as they were when they were kind of like full of life and so yeah. I just hate I hated them for the majority of the season and they just annoyed <laughs> me they didn't dry very well either I always had this visions of like beautiful like vases of these dried breezer yeah and they just shed everywhere and it was just winding me up to oh no, end. no I think this so, is yeah. my I only grew a few before but let's see how they go this year mm. I've got um I've been trying some pansies as well. Let's oh, see yeah. They go. Love a pansy. Um, but yeah, I just can't wait. I think I, I've got my hellebores blooming at the moment, but I don't cut those. Mm-hmm. So I think probably the first signs of life I'll see are the tulips. I cannot bloody wait for it. Oh, I can't wait to see them. Um, so thank you so much for your no, time. You're this welcome. Evening. It I has been like wonderful. One of these- conversations we could end up having for like being here till midnight right just chatting about flowers but definitely um, easily (laughs) it's 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 really like I'm really pleased you invited me on because I've really enjoyed having this chat it's been um yeah you've got me all excited now (laughs) yay and and how has it been being in the hot seat oh it's 
it's not being too bad actually it's like a good, good chat so good. nice I'm and glad. nice and friendly so yeah I'm um, sure people will be very excited to hear more about your wonderful garden plants and all the things you're growing well um obviously I'm on the I'm on in I know you put on um the post about this but my Instagram and what have you I'm always chatting rubbish on stories and and your photography is it's all just on my iphone you know (laughs) it's incredible it's like a a perfect daily (laughs) catalogue there are a lot of dahlias there (laughs) but yeah we've got the chickens now and if anyone needs to be more attracted we've got willow now she's like um, the new dog obviously but she's become like like more popular than any dahlia i think i've ever everyone just loves her she's mad she's a little punk cross and she's just wild she's um like our dog passed away in september and the house just felt so empty and now she's um tearing it up we call her a little pocket rocket she's nuts (laughs) um so i'm sure she'll be down the allotment with me in the summer as well which would be really nice to have a have a little pal down there too definitely so you're at nicole 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 at cherry Cherry Garden. garden yep and the podcast is um, Let's Grow Girls podcast on Instagram as well. And if you've not listened yet, you've got such a treat because I just wish that I had like 50 episodes or 100 <laughs> episodes to, to binge listen to. I feel like that's the best thing when you discover a new podcast and you're like, I've got endless content to listen, listen to. to it all. By the time you finish, the new season will be ready to ready to go, hopefully. And then yes. a new episode. So, but yeah, thank you very much for having me. No, thank you for taking the time. You made it to the end of the episode, which means you must have enjoyed it. And if you did, I'd be ever so grateful if you could head to your favourite podcasting app to give us a follow and leave us a little review, which helps to get these stories out to more amazing planty people. If you've got any questions or stories you'd like to share, find me over at Diary of a Lady Gardener on Instagram And don't forget to head to Akai for some fabulous new outdoor wear using the code DOALG20 for 20% off your order. That's all from me this week. Happy growing! Happy growing!